building arcs because there are three arcs in Scripture. And uh, we've already talked some about the Ark of the Covenant. Last week we talked about the mercy seat, right, on top. But the seventh piece of furniture is the Ark. We talked about it some. But let's just finish this up by talking about some of the other arcs because there's a mystery here that we want to get a hold of. So let's talk about these three arcs, and let's start, start with Noah's ark. How many know Noah? Noah built an ark. And this, there, there's, there's a lot of things we can talk about. We preach a whole series on Noah's ark. But I want you to hear something. Sometimes God requires you to build something that's going to deliver you. Sometimes we wonder, why are you putting me through this? Why are you asking me to do this? It doesn't make any sense. But listen, you need to just do what God tells you to do. Because sometimes the craziest thing that you do winds up helping you. Let me put it another way that you can it just comes home. Sometimes God tells you to minister to people that you don't want to minister to. Oh, I got a response there. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, the, you know why? You know, when, I, when I, I, I remember this now. When I first got saved, one of the guys that was instrumental in getting me saved, he claims it. He's gone home to be with the Lord now, enjoying all the benefits of my ministry. But he helped win me to the Lord. He wasn't the actual person at the moment, but he, he was the one that, but, but he was so different from me, just a completely different kind of guy. He got on my nerves so bad. He was just, he was just goofy, always doing dumb things, getting in, just making bad decisions. And, and he was just, uh, he would, he would just make people mad. He didn't have very many friends, but God used him to win me. God will sometimes use the, the strangest thing, <laughs> the strangest people. And sometimes he'll want you to build something or minister to somebody, and you're saying, that's a waste of time. That guy will never change. I can't stand to be near them. If you're both in Myers, you find out what aisle they're in, you make sure you're in another aisle. You don't want anything to do with them, but God leads you to them anyway, and you're like, ah. And you have to go minister to them. And then somewhere down the road, they become the person to deliver you. They become the person that prays the prayer, that heals you. It's a, some, amen. Something happens in, your, in the life. You know, sometimes you just got to build things. Come on. That will ultimately deliver you. And you don't understand why you're dealing with it now, but you will someday. Sometimes you have to build things that have never been built before. No one had ever built a boat. There was no reason for a boat. But he tells them to build a boat. It had never rained. There were no floods. The earth was kind of in an aquarium-like situation. Where scientists... Evolution uh, scientists are still trying to figure out how that was, but if, if you go to if you go to Siberia and dig in the snow in the frozen tundra, you'll find mammoths. What are mammoths doing in Antarctica? What are mammoths doing? You, you'll find all kinds of weird things. You'll find seashells on top of mountaintops. 
How in the world is all that possible? Because the world was very different. How many, how many think I ought to preach on that someday? The flood, because the flood changes everything. But it had never rained before. Temp there weren't storms on the planet. It had not rained. There weren't winds. The earth was pretty much flat everywhere. So you don't have the climates and all that stuff. It was just as warm on the North Pole as it was in the, at the equator. It was a paradise. Until maybe something hit it and the earth went, Arr! and everything changed. We could, we could talk about all that story, but sometimes God will cause you or ask you to do something you've never done before. Build something that no one's ever built before. Wow. Sometimes he will have you build something no one's even seen before. As I was preparing this message, the Lord spoke into my heart and said, what if I asked you, Pastor, to build a church no one's ever seen before? What if we went to a level? What if we went to a place in God that no one's even maybe gone to before? What would that look like? Would you stay? Come on now. Maybe that's what holds us back because we're afraid you'll leave. Maybe I need to get over that fear and let's just go for it. That was a pretty good response, Lord. Let's go. Anytime you get 80%, you're doing really good. Thank you, Lord. Another point is this. Don't despise small beginnings. They started out small, and they began to build this boat, and, and uh, everyone's laughing at them. Everyone's criticizing. They don't even know what it is. What? It, what? You're building a what? I wonder if they even had a name for it. They had to come up with it. We're building a boat. Well, what is a boat? A boat is something that floats in the water. Why do you want to float in the water? Because there's a lot coming. How is it coming? Well, uh, it's going to fall from the sky and erupt from the ground. Don't despise small beginnings. God is perhaps building things right now in your life that will someday deliver you, will someday get you through what you need to get through. So don't question small things in your life. Don't question beginnings in your life. We prayed over some people this morning that something has begun in you. Don't expect you to be at cloud nine tomorrow, but something has been birthed in you, and it's going to deliver you. Oh, oh my God. But you have to spend some time. You've got to build some things. You can't just sit in your chair and say, well, God, you, you know, just go. God can't steer a car that's not moving. At least put it in gear and put your foot on the pedal. And as you go, God will steer. And God will. There, is a, there was a GPS long before technology. It's called God's positioning spirit. Number two. We were talking about this Thursday night, and, and, and I messed with some people's minds because they didn't realize Moses had an ark. And they said, no, you mean Noah. No, I mean Moses. Moses had an ark. Exodus 2, 
Verse 1, it's a little bitty ark. And, and a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. Uh-huh. So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months, you know, because Pharaoh was killing all the young males. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would, what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. Sometimes you need an ark because you're in a, you're in a lonely place. Sometimes it's just you. And God will prepare an ark for you. How many know there were alligators, poisonous snakes? It could have turned over. There's a lot of problems there, but God oversaw the ark and made sure that the ark was safe. Sometimes you got to go it alone. Sometimes you got to step out when no one else will step out with you. But God has an ark for you. Uh, and it's, and it's, I like that. It's pitched on the outside and it's pitched on the inside. And God did that for Noah as well. It's pitched on the out and pitched on the in, on the inside. I want you to know I'm pitched on the outside and I'm pitched on the inside. I might go through some water, but it ain't going through me. Y'all didn't hear what I said. You can, listen, God made you to go through some things, but that doesn't mean those things have to go through you. You can get in your ark and be safe. There's trouble all around. There's danger everywhere you look. But God puts you in a place that you can go through it, and it won't go through you. Come on and praise the Lord if you know what I'm talking about. I want, in fact, I want you to just say it. I can pass through without you passing through me. Say it. I can pass through without you passing through me. When the devil comes in like a, like a flood, ah, you can pass through, but it won't pass through you. It's good to be in a boat. In the middle of a storm. Come on, church, somebody. Just like the disciples, Moses wasn't alone in the boat. You know what? You can control leaks. As long as you don't have more than 10. <laughs> I mean, unless you blow a hole in it. <laughs> You can control. There are things in your life you can control, I guess. But you can't control waves. You can control leaks to some degree. But you can't control waves. The boat the disciples were in was not leaking. It was overflowing. And what, sometimes you go through life and you say, there are no holes in my boat. 
I'm living the life. I'm doing what God called me to do, but I still feel like my boat is sinking, not because I have a leak, I have a problem, I have a sin, I have something in my life that shouldn't be there called a leak in the boat, but I. But these waves are so large, I'm not just bouncing around, I'm actually sinking because what's going on around me is getting in me. But the Scripture says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he who lays in the boat than the waves that are trying to get in. Ah, hallelujah. And they said, Jesus, don't you care? The waves are, you know, we're bailing as fast as we can bail, but the boat's going down. Don't you care? Oh, he cares. Sometimes it seems like he doesn't. It seems like he's not there. It seems like he's asleep. Moses was just a baby. He didn't even have any awareness of his surroundings. And yet God was his protection. God can protect you even when you're not even aware that the devil's trying to kill you. Let me tell you something. If you can actually see what's going on around you, in the spirit realm, it scared the bejeebers out of you. I don't even know what a bejeeber is. But I heard it can be done. Jesus, help us. Bejeebers. Second Samuel, David understood what we're talking about. Second Samuel. Uh, uh, chapter 22, verse 1. Can I, re- can, I, can I give you some word? Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies, from the hand of Saul. You know the story. He said, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior. You saved me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. When the waves, when the waves of death surrounded me, the Floods of ungodliness. We're living in a time. We're being, we're being flooded by lies. Flooded by a doctrine of, of, of demons. Come on, church. There's a narrative out there that wants to destroy the church and destroy the truth. I don't need to get into it, do you? I mean, you, you understand it's everywhere. And it's so aggravating, and we feel like it's just, you know, how do we survive this? Because they're teaching it to our children. How do we combat it? How do we get through this? And and then it's in the schools, and then they go to college. I'm to the point where I'm almost ready to advise you not to send your kids to a liberal arts college unless it's Christian. And even then, look out. I know we can't hide from the world. We need to be a light to the world. I understand that. But it's, isn't it scary to put our kids out in the world as it is now? The things they're being taught. 
But verse 15, the sorrows of Sheol's hell surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. Come on, David, is there any hope? In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. Then, then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered. At the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils, he sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong. Somebody praise him. They confronted me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted. He delighted. He loves you. He's tickled pink by you. He goes, he goes, he alone spreads out, uh, he goes, and Job, Job understood it. He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on, on the waves of the sea. My God. My God can control the waves, and he had, he had a boy who walked on them. Ha! Ah, hallelujah. My God, I, feel, I don't need to preach this. Read Scripture. Glory to God. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Then they, then uh, how about Psalms 107? Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet. So, so he guides them to their desired Haven. Ah, somebody praise the Lord in the house. How many know you can be out on Lake Erie and the wind can die down, but the waves are still bad? Just because the wind dies down doesn't mean the waves have died down. Right? They're still responding to wind. That was, right? The waves are still... Eventually, they'll come down. But when Jesus stood up and said, peace, be still, the waves instantly just, can you imagine? Just, and the clouds went, and the sun went, ta-da. Yeah, it did. It's that raisin sun, you know, that raisin. God, the weird things that come into my head while I'm preaching. The raisin sun? Help us, Jesus. How many are still here? Let's get to the third one. I just, uh, how about, then there's the Ark of the Covenant. Let me just tell you what it is. Listen, the Ark is the, the Ark is the secret place that David talks about. He understood the secret place. Psalms 91, you know the scripture. Huh? The soldiers. He who dwells in the of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my 
refuge, my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. I will trust in him. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Hello, COVID. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His, his truth shall be your shield and your buckler. Oh, come on. We can read through this entire, entire chapter. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. It's the secret place. It's a powerful place to be. Hmm. Ah. It's no coincidence. They kept singing all morning about the name, the name of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit began. And I said, why do they keep preaching about that? Why are they singing about the name? They're supposed to preach about the ark. Then I realized the name is the ark. The, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. You got to understand the importance of a strong, high tower. Come on, that was absolutely necessary for the survival of a city. We could preach a whole sermon on that. Listen, we talk about the Ark of the Covenant. It's hard to understand what that box means and what it represents, but it is your safe place. It is your powerful place. It is a place you go to and God hides you in. It is your strong tower, a place where you can see out. You can see the enemy coming. You can see things you can't see on the ground. we got to get to a spiritual place where we can see what's happening and we can defend ourselves. Come on. It's a sacred place. It's a powerful place. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Philistines did something stupid when they took the ark. They looked inside. Raiders of the Lost Ark. The movie actually had it right. You can't open the box. Okay. I did it last week. Can't touch that. Why? Do you realize that 50,000 people died when they opened the lid? Why? Because of what was in the law. And if you choose to live under the law, you die. If you're going to live... You say, I can get myself to heaven. No, you're going to die. If you get it in your head, I'm good enough. No, you're going to die. You're not good enough. There's sin in your life. Well, don't amen me. It's the truth anyway. We've all sinned. And have fallen short of the glory of God. No one's going to die and go to heaven and say, I'm better than so-and-so, so let me in. You can always find somebody you're better than going all the way down to Adolf Hitler and Genghis Khan. 
You can always find somebody you're better. And God, listen, it's so, listen, we got all the degrees of good and bad, and God's not going to draw the line and say, all right, you're, you were one, you gave one dollar more than this guy. You all go to hell. You all go to heaven. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound fair to me. What sounds fair to me is we've all sinned. And the way to get to heaven is not by being good. It's by being forgiven for what we've done. Doesn't that make sense? Oh, somebody help me. You can't touch that. You can't touch the law and go to heaven. You've got to close the lid because the lid is the mercy seat. Quit trying to crawl in the box when you need to sit on the seat. That'll preach. Help us, Jesus. Are you still with me? The ark provides all we need. The rod of authority, the the word of God, the bowl of manna. Amen. There's a three-point sermon. Someone else can preach it. The ark leads us. This is cool. Whenever Whenever it was time to go, they'd blow the shofars. And the priests would go in and they'd cover the Ark of the Covenant. And they would raise it up on their shoulder and they would begin to walk. And they would follow what? They would follow the cloud by day and the fire by night. Didn't know where they were going, but they followed the cloud. They followed the pillar of fire. You don't have to know where you're going. Just go when he says go. Just go. Amen. And here's the thing. You've got to live in such a way that you can go when he says go. Oh, but I got two. I got. You have to be able to strike the, the tent. Pull the stakes. Put them in a box. Fold it up. Let's go. Where are we going, Daddy? I don't know. But we're going. See that pillar of fire? Yes, Daddy. That's where we're going. But here's the thing. The first thing out of the camp ah, was the ark. The ark would just follow that pillar of fire. And then the tribes, as they marched in order, would come. Levi, the first tribe, would follow the ark. Oh, my God. Oh, Lord, what a picture. What a picture of what the church ought to be doing. Not just coming together and preaching some random message and go home. We need to be on the move, following the pillar. How many remember when Joshua got ready to cross over the Jordan River? And he said, put the ark, the ark's going first. Put the ark on the shoulders of the priest. And it was flood time. It was springtime. It was flood time. The water was there's no way you can cross the Jordan. The Jordan, I've seen the Jordan. When, when it's not flooded, you could pretty well skip across it, all right. It's not that big a deal. But when it's flooded, you can't get across. And he says, here's what I want you to do. I want, you, I want the priest to put the ark, put the presence on your shoulder. 
Don't go into the river without the presence. Don't go into your situation without the presence. Don't face this all by yourself. Make sure you have the presence with you. Some of you don't know what I mean by the presence. You need to find him, amen. Once you find him, hang on to him. We need to live in the very presence of God. Don't cross your river without the presence. And the Bible says, as soon as the soul of the feet. See, I know what I'd want to do. Lord, part the river and I'll cross. I'm detail-oriented. I'm a control freak. I've got to, you know, if you... And dry it out, too, so I don't get mud on my new shoes. And then we'll just kind of, I mean, we'll praise you. Woo, we'll, I went on my Honda. We got it all going on. Now, he said, it's flooding, but I want you to cross it. And it says, as soon as they put their foot in the water, as soon as you take that first step of faith, God begins to move. As soon as you say, I trust you. And what happened is miles upstream in a place they couldn't even see, it said God cut off the waters. God will cut off the source of your problem. But you won't even see it. You don't know what happened, but he cut it off. We talked about God living in your past. Sometimes he cuts that off, and all the waters begin to just drop. See, if you missed that sermon, nah, 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 nah. you don't get it. <laughs> Go back and listen to it. It'll be worth your while. Listen, listen, listen. They had to keep going, though, because the water didn't go down right away. They began to walk in the water, and it's still raging. It's still deep because the cutoff point hadn't got there yet. My God, Alan. Sometimes you got to walk by faith even when it doesn't look like God's doing anything. But I'm here to tell you he's already done it. Am I talking to anybody? Happy Fourth of July. They start walking out into the water, knee deep, waist deep. It's getting deep. And how many know there's always one? Just don't be that one. I don't care what we do, there's always one. Somebody doesn't like what you're doing. And the water just kept rising. And I believe when it got about here, the one said, I think Joshua missed it. <laughs> because if we take about two more steps, we're about to drown. 
And the guy in the front says, I'm deeper than you. Shut up. We're going to drown. This isn't working. Are you sure God said that? The water goes down. And by the time they got on the other side, God had completely dried out the river. It's interesting that the place where he cut off the water several miles upstream was called Adam. Just a coincidence. Let me tell you something. God cut off all the sin and the effects of sin in your life at a place called Adam. Adam started this river. He started this mess, but God cut it off because he's the second Adam, and he cut off the waters so we could cross over on dry land. If that's your experience, give him a praise right now. Yeah, glory to God. Let me close with this. God, y'all come up here so I'll shut up quickly. Like that works. Here's what's really cool. The ark goes before, the ark goes before us in war. When Israel went to war, they would put the ark out front. If you're going to fight the enemy... If you're in the fight of your life, make sure you put the presence out front. Whew. And right behind the presence were the, were the praisers. Put the ark out and send out the band. <laughs> send out the band. I know sometimes you feel like a target when you're a praiser. That's all right. Because it's in the presence where the battle will be won. It's in the presence where the battle. You know, we, we, we talk about Jericho. And we say they marched around seven times. And on the seventh day, they marched around. And they shouted. And we say it was the shout. That made the walls tumble. Maybe so, but we forget that for six days they marched in silence following the ark. It wasn't the people. I hear people say, well, we're going we're gonna to march around this. We're gonna, that's fine. Go, go march. Don't march alone. You have to make sure the ark goes before you. It's not you marching, it's you following. It's not about your shout, it's about the fact that the ark went around it seven times. It's the ark that went before the armies. It was the ark, it was the presence. It's not our budget, it's not our planning, it's not our programs, it's not our building, it's not who we got, it's not the talent. All that's good, all that's in the army, but you got to have the ark, the presence. How many churches have lost the presence? I think that's why so many churches are dying now. I think COVID exposed something. 
I think it exposed churches that weren't depending on God. Now they're fighting amongst themselves and they're leaving in droves. And their churches are, they were dying before COVID. You can't believe how fast they're dying now. And people are saying things. Pastor Ron just talked about some guy said, well, I want to get back to the way it was. No, there is no way. There's no going back to the way it was. It wasn't all that great. You, you just got to get to where God, God's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing in the earth. Something powerful, something amazing is happening. And if churches don't wake up, the problem is not the sin in the world. It's the sleep in the church. There were ten virgins and they were all asleep. But some had oil in the lamp. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a trumpet. There's going to be a clarion call. There's going to be something happen in the planet. Come on, church. And all of a sudden, we're going to go, oh, my God, we need to get right with God. But for some, it'll be way too late to catch up. But some of us, we might even be asleep, but we had enough sense to put oil in the lamp before the nap. Keep oil in the lamp, church. Keep the presence in your life. It's the find a way into the holy place. Find a way into the most holy place. Get beyond the veil. He split his flesh so that you can come in to the body of Christ. To be the body of Christ. Ah, feel him in this place. Would you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. Seems like we already had an altar service. I think God's doing that now because too many of you leave during the altar service. I shouldn't have given away the secret. Now, I promise you, we don't plan that stuff. I have no idea. Most 99.9% of the time, I have no idea what God's going to do in the service exactly. I mean, I might have a feeling about, you know, something but not how to do it. I don't, I don't care how to do it. He'll tell us how to do it. And we just, we just walk. We just walk. We just walk. But we walk with the presence. We walk with the presence. That, that, that place of communion, that's the body of Christ, church. That's the body and blood of Jesus. That's the ark now. Not, not just taking the bread, but being at the table. We've been talking so much about we gotta, we got to get to the table. It's where his presence is. He's at the table. Can you make a special effort today? Hopefully we got enough elements. I want, I want, I want just everyone to come. If you've got to go get the kids, go get the kids. But I want everyone to just come if you can. <sighs> On this day that we celebrate freedom, <laughs> would you just come and celebrate your freedom in the body of Christ? And let's celebrate the presence. Some of you, when I say presence, you don't even know what I'm talking about. But it's there. If you'll seek it, you'll find it. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to know what it is. Just say, God. I want your presence. I want your presence. I want to walk in your presence. I want to wake up to your presence. I want to go to sleep in your presence. 
And as you begin to pray that, there's, there's a famous book written hundreds of years ago. And it's called Practicing the Presence. And we need, we need to practice the presence of the Lord. And eventually it becomes second nature to you. Father, all that you've done for us, giving us your son. You didn't just give us your son. You gave us his name. Because it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. And who we know is Jesus. His name gives us access. We pray in his name because that's where the authority is. Ah. We pray in his name because that's our inheritance. We pray in the name of Jesus because our name won't get us anywhere. Our name won't get us in to see the king. But when we say his name, we are granted access to the king. Ah, we love you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I hope this, this hasn't been too deep. Are you okay? There's always new converts. There's people in the church that don't understand basics. And then there's some of you, you know, we can go way deep with you. I don't want to leave anyone behind ever. And hopefully these messages are touching everyone from the infant to the old, to the old geezers like me. Huh? Are you okay? Did you receive this word today?